chapter 1. I'm going to read a little more scripture than I normally do. I feel like the Lord would have for us to deal several verses here tonight. So I want to read uh, down through the biggest part of this chapter. I guess we could say that today at the church has been practical Christian living day. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, good to have services where we're way up in the rafters. But sometimes we just need we just need some instruction on practical daily Christian living. How to walk with the Lord. How to live for the Lord. And uh, I'm afraid we emphasize way too much emotions. I'm all for it. I'm all for shouting and running and praising God. But uh, this Bible is full of practical uh practical examples of how to live your life. So like what I dealt with this morning on dealing with your mind, that's something that you can put into practice. Hopefully you've already today put it into practice, but for sure as you go through the week, that should be something that you can employ and put into practice in living your life. And really what good is it If we go to church and we don't learn how to live the Christian life. James 1 verse 1. James a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. My brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this that the trying your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he's exalted, but the rich in that he's made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof faileth, and the, gra- and the, uh, and the grace of the fashion of it uh, persisteth. So also shall the or perisheth, I'm sorry. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. 
of His own will begot He us with the word of truth that He should be the kind of first fruits of His creatures. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, that You'd help us, Lord, tonight to share the Word of God. Lord, I admit we're unable without You, but God, if You'll help us to share a few simple thoughts tonight, I believe it'd be a blessing and a help to you people. Do that now as only you can. Receive the glory out of service. We'll thank you and praise you for everything that's done in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I'm going to preach to you a little while tonight on the thought of the most spiritual among us. The most spiritual among us. What does it mean to really be spiritual? If I had you, if I had you to write it down, uh, what would you say? What is your definition of spirituality? And probably most of us, if we would, if we would be honest, uh, would point toward somebody that's got a shout on their lips, somebody that maybe cries a lot, somebody that testifies a lot, and all of those things can be indicators of spirituality. They can. But really, where it's proved out who the most spiritual among us is, is not in the service on Sunday, but it's in the life on Monday. (laughs) And those that are the most spiritual among us are those who walk a Christian life every day, not just on Sunday. I know a lot of people that really make a big racket on Sunday. But on Monday, they uh, lie and gossip and cheat to get ahead. (laughs) Amen. Uh, You know, I think it's interesting. There's a lot of people, if you ask the church, I've seen this a lot. I've pastored 25 years. If you ask the church who's the most spiritual, they'd point to a certain fellow or individual. But then if you ask them at work, they'd say, that fellow's not spiritual at all. There's nothing spiritual about him. And that's because he makes a good show on Sunday. But on Monday, there's a problem. So I'm going to preach on that just a little while. James, of course, James is the brother of Christ. Did you know that? James is what we would consider a half-brother of Christ. And he gives a lot of practical advice. If you ever want to read the epistle of James, do so at your own risk. It's a great epistle, but by the time you get done, you're going to feel like a sorry Christian because James points out a lot of things that have to do with Christian maturity. I never read from the book of James that I don't think about Bobby and Susan because we talked through when they first came here in Sunday school, I was teaching through the book of James and I was teaching about Christian maturity And I really wasn't teaching to the lost. Brother Keith, that's never my intent. But they kept seeing things in the book of James that they never, that, that, that never really entered into their, their, their sphere of belief. And so one day they came and said, look, we're so far off from this mature Christian business. Don't even think we're saved to start with. And then they got saved, see. They're uh, in that class, me teaching on James. And so James deals with how to be a mature Christian. And I'm going to tell you one of the most 
uh, I believe there's, it's almost like a unicorn. It almost doesn't exist, Christian maturity in our day. So many Christians find themselves immature. So I want us to look tonight, and I'm just going to go down through here and just highlight a few scriptures as we come through at what it means to really be spiritual. And then I want you to hold yourself to that test. (laughs) I want you to ask yourself the question, Every one of these I read, and I'm going to give you the scriptures down here, down through here for it. I want you to ask yourself the question, is that me? Is that me? And I want you to determine tonight how spiritual you really are. All right, let's think about it together. Number one, can I say to you tonight, a spiritual person is positive under pressure. Look what James said there in verse 2. My brethren, count it all, what? Joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So let me ask you something. What does trials do to you? You see, one of the greatest indicators of how spiritual you are is how you respond to trouble. (laughs) Anybody can shout when everything's going good. But what about when everything goes bad? See, a spiritual person, the Bible said, count it all joy. So a person that is filled with the Spirit of God And that spiritual is able to look at the trials of life and it not rob them of their joy. Not rob them of their joy. How do you respond when the heat... You know, people are like tea bags. You never really know what's in them until you put them in boiling water. You put them in boiling water, whatever's in the tea bag comes out. How do you respond when... When things go wrong, now are you really spiritual? Are you able to keep your cool? Are you able to maintain your joy? Or do the circumstances of this life dictate whether or not you got joy? Now I'm going to tell you something. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you'll draw your joy from heaven and they can't nothing change that. You can't nothing change, they can't nothing change your standing in Christ. Nothing can change your inheritance to come. Nothing can change any of that. We was teaching on it this morning in our, in our Sunday school where there is a testament. Paul said there must have a need to be a testator. In other words, when a man dies, the will is settled and nothing can be done about the will after the man dies. And so there's nothing that can be done uh, uh, about our position in Christ because Christ died at Calvary. So nothing can be done. But what about your joy when trouble comes? So a spiritual person is able to remain positive under pressure. Number two. I'm just going to give you these. You grade yourself. It's different what I normally preach. You grade yourself. See if you think you get an A or a B. Or a C or a D or Lord forbid some of you gonna fail. Number two, a spiritual person 
has a good perspective about their position. Look at verse number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given. I want you to circle the word lack. See that? A spiritual person knows what he lacks and isn't afraid to own up to it and ask for help. I'm just, I'm just going to preach down through this. If any of you lack, you see a lot, of, a lot of people that are not spiritual are not willing to admit that they lack anything. They think they got it all figured out. They think, they think, that, they think that, that, they're the, that they've arrived spiritually. You've seen them walk around, you know. The Holy Ghost checks with them before he does anything in a service and gets permission. They got it all figured out. But that's not being spiritual. That's being pharisaical. Being spiritual is able to look at yourself and go, you know what, I got some problems in my life that need addressing. That is real spirituality. So if a man lack wisdom, the Bible said, let him ask of God. So the spiritual man, when he lacks, he don't go to the world after it, but he goes to God after it. What, what grade do you give yourself there? Number three, a spiritual person is passionate about his path. Look at verse eight. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, a spiritual person, a person that's spiritual, when they get up and they put their feet on the ground in the morning, their mind's made up to walk with God and they're not going to be wishy-washy all day. That's a true sign of spirituality. It's when you don't waver. Let me ask you something. How are you in the wavering area? How often do you waver? A spiritual person is passionate, Brother Billy, about the walk that he's in. I'm just talking to you about practical Christian living. Nobody lives the Christian life on accident. Nobody gets up and goes, whoops, I messed up and lived for God today. Huh? Have y'all ever, have y'all ever went, whoops, I did the right thing. Just, it, just, it just so happened I did the right No. It takes an effort. It takes a daily commitment. It takes you getting up every single day and saying there's lines in my life I will not cross. There's things I won't do, things I'm going to do. Bless goodness, I'm going to live for God today. That's what it takes to live for God is a determination to do it. James said a double-minded man, he's unstable in every way, all his ways. So how do you do on that? Do you get up in the morning, feet hit the ground, I'm going to live for God today. I've determined to live for God. I'm going to strive to live for God. My, my life with the Lord is the most important thing in my life today. Nothing comes before it. I'm going to stay the course. I'm not going to, or do you just flop with however the wind blows that day? I wonder how many of us live life just haphazard. You know, well, let's see what happens today. Here we go. You know, whatever way it blows, that's the way I'm going to go. 
Think back about the people that you've had the most respect for in life. They were people who were not wishy-washy. So, how, what you, what, what's your grade there? How spiritual are you? A spiritual person is passionate about his path. Look at this. A spiritual person is powerful in his stand. Look at verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptations. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away with whose lust? Whose? His own. You know whose lust Kyle brought, bothered me? Bradley's. <laughs> I don't know what Kyle lusts after, and it don't bother me a lick. But I know what Bradley lusts after, and that's what bothers me is my lust. It's my lust that draw me away. Amen. And a spiritual man is the man that's able to stand up to his own lusts and say, not today. How many of y'all, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of y'all, you got that one thing? I think everybody's got that one thing, that besetting sin. And when you give in to it, you feel like a dog. When you give in to that besetting sin, you feel like a dog. Am I, am I ringing a bell tonight? A spiritual man stands up and says, no. No. I don't care how bad I want it. I don't care how bad I want to do it. I don't care how much it costs to me. I am tempted, but I'm going to stand strong. That's a mark of spirituality. What's your grade? Some of y'all like, I done failed. I got F's on all these. Spiritual, mate. What about this? I'm just going through these. A spiritual person realizes his prosperity is from the Lord. Look at verse 17. For every good gift and every perfect gift is where? From above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turn. So a spiritual man understands where his money comes from, where his prosperity comes from. Now carnal man, he rubs every dollar, counts every penny, it's tight and old miser and tight. The offering plate comes around and he goes, eh, I'm not going to give today. The spiritual man says, this is the Lord's money anyhow. <laughs> if the Lord wants me to give it, I'll give it. And he'll give me some more on the back end. I ain't worried about it. That's spirituality. He realizes everything I got comes from God anyhow. I ain't worried about it. What's great? Let me tell you something. When I first started pastoring, I did not tithe. That's true. Of course, I started pastoring, I was 21 years old. But I didn't tithe. I made $193 a week at the Christian school. And it was a big deal for me and Rachel to go out and eat 
McDonald's hamburgers, I thought, there ain't no way I can afford to give. If I give $19 of this away, I'm going I'm to be, I'm, I'm be less than broke. I'm going to be whatever is less than broke. And I lived like that, Brother Billy, for a long time. I remember I'd make $500 a week and I'd put $20 in the offering plate. I knew that wasn't right. Never will forget, we was coming up on Christmas time one year, and every year, Cody, we put, I'd got a credit card, and we'd put Christmas on a credit card, and we'd spend the whole year paying off the credit card. And we'd get it paid off in November, and then we'd run it back out to, to the max in December, and then I'd pay on it all year long again. And one November, God said, son, why don't you go to tithing? And me and Rachel saved up a little money. And I said, I'm going to tithe out of this money. And I don't know how we're going to do Christmas. We'll just put it on the credit card again. I went to tithing, and I, I can't explain it. There's no way I could put a calculator to it. But that year, we didn't put Christmas on the credit card. We paid for it. And we've not put Christmas on a credit card since. I'm just telling, if there's one thing I'm a thousand percent sure, it's this. You can't outgive God. Right. You know what I started doing? You do what you want to, but what, you know what I do now? I tithe on what I'd like to make. That's just, that's just me. I got in my mind what I would like to make a week, and that's what I tithe on. And I've done that now for years, and God keeps increasing what I make to match what I'm tithing. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen year after year after year because you can't outgive God. And a spiritual man understands that. A spiritual man understands his blessings come from above. His blessings come from God. And giving back and having a giving heart comes before everything else for a spiritual man. What's your score? <laughs> How spiritual, really? I mean, I'm just, I'm really not even preaching that much. I'm just giving you the Bible. Watch this. A spiritual person practices what he preaches. Look at verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, uh, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity and naughtiness and uh, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. In other words, James said, be who you say you are, live it out, practice what you preach. If you really want to be spiritual, don't say you're one thing and then be something else. I feel like Billy Mitchell all them years ago. I remember years ago, he, <laughs> he walked in the pulpit, leaned out over it, and he said, there ain't no, this is right at Christmas time, he said, there ain't no Santa Claus, and then he got down behind the pulpit. <laughs> so I almost feel like getting behind the pulpit. Let me give you one more. A spiritual person's purity is prominent. When the Bible said there in verse number 26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, 
that man's religion is what? Now look at verse 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself what? Unspotted from the world. James said a man that says he's spiritual but then continually runs down his neighbor, not spiritual. man that says he's spiritual and sends out in the foyer and gossips about everybody in the community, not spiritual. But he said real spirituality is living a life that is unspotted from the world. That's it. That's James's qualifications for who is the most spiritual among us. Now, where do you stand? I mean, do we really want to live for God? Do we really want to be set apart? Do we really want to have the power of God at work in our life? Where do you stand? I'm going to give an altar call. And I believe there might be some in the service tonight that would say, Preacher, if I was grading myself on this, I'd, be a, I'd make a big fat F. Because I'm not cool under pressure. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not patient. I don't bridle my tongue. I don't stand well in persecution. I'm wishy-washy a lot of times. And I'm not stable and stand up and do the right thing. I'm not keeping myself unspotted from the world. I... There's just a lot of things I'm not doing. And then the question is, how spiritual do you really want to be? When I think back, Billy, about the most spiritual people I've ever known, they lived it all week long. I think back about my little nanny. She's very spiritual. But you go in her house on Monday She's sitting there reading the Bible or sitting there reading some book, some religious book. See what I'm saying? All week long. But just Sunday. God help me. God help me. I don't want to be one thing today, something else tomorrow. Stand our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us to preach tonight. Lord, just deliver the word of God. I pray that you touch hearts, Lord. Cross the building tonight. Help us, Lord, to be spiritual Christians. God, I pray. Well, thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, altars filling up, but there's still room for you. As a preacher, I just want to be spiritual. I want to be the real deal. I want to be the real deal. Every day, every day, I want to be the real deal. I don't want to be fake, pretend, put on. I don't want to be wishy-washy. I want to be genuine. I want to be genuine. Father, Lord, certainly we're thankful for honest hearts.